make a better place with my own two hands. Make a kinder place. Oh, with my oh, with my own two hands. With my own, with my own two hands. With my own, with my own two hands. Welcome back to another episode of My Own Two Hands a monthly public affairs program all about solutions to the sustainability problems we face in this era of metacrisis, sometimes called the Anthropocene. We interview practitioners who are helping us navigate these perilous waters, showing us ways toward a just and peaceful, regenerative human future. If we are to save the humans, we must start now. And it starts with how we treat each other in our common home. Today, I'm in the studio with Kat Hardy, a certified occupational therapist and professional facilitator of community-generating ceremony. Oh, I like that. The work that she does as founder and owner of Current Ritual, a powerful healing entity in the Roaring Fork Valley community that you're going to get to hear all about. I knew all this about her already because I had the privilege of participating in several ceremonies she organized and co-facilitated with other talented practitioners of various healing arts. Uh, but it wasn't until a month ago that I got to know the breadth and depth of this whole other dimension of her being and her work in the world. Uh, she's also a pioneer on the edge of the nascent uh, psychedelic healing movement in Colorado, helping to co-create a path toward putting the Natural Medicine Health Act to use for the common good and health of all the people of the land. Kat, it's so good to have you in the Yay. studio. Thank you for this opportunity to um, spread more information about this work that's going on in our community. Yeah, it's such a good time to be doing the work and be hearing from people who are really at the forefront of leading the kind of conversations that we need to be having uh, in order to figure out how to move forward. So could we um, start just a little bit about your background? Like what kind of work do you do on a kind of daily basis and what are some of the new things that you're getting into? Okay, so I was in Western medicine for seven years working in hospitals and neurologic rehab was my specialty, uh, stroke rehab, autism, and physical disability rehab, um, bone marrow transplant, which for pediatric cancer. So I have a very heavy Western background that informs my practice today. And then in 2016, I became an ordained minister because what I saw lacking in the Western system was a holistic approach to being human and the human condition and the lack of spirituality and consciousness in the ways that we diagnose, treat, address disease. And so now, um, next year, Current Ritual will turn eight years old. And Ooh. I know. And so my day-to-day -day practice, um, I've let it be word of mouth. I don't solicit clients. I don't really advertise. I let the community it kind of, it has its own energy who ends up coming to see me. And because of my clinical background in pediatrics all the way through hospice care, I feel very comfortable working with people of all ages, from newborn to end of life, as well as people 
of different cognitive and physical capacity. Um, and that is the gap that I am, I am filling is there's a lot of services for wealthy and able-bodied people, and there's a little less support for people who are dealing with disease or um, lack of finances, lack of resources. And so I have a sliding scale in my business so I can work with people in the community to make the exchange feel nourishing, Mm -hmm. you know, with what, and so my clients who have more pay more and they know they're subsidizing someone who um, can't pay as much. So that's really beautiful synergy Mm -hmm. for the community, Mm -hmm. creating that consciousness around the exchange. Um, And so people feel connected to the overall like mission of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I generally see people one-on-one. Uh, I'll do home visits, and then I have a clinic here in Carbondale where people can come and see me individually. And every session's different. Every session's individualized based on where that person is, what the goal is, what the need is. But generally, the, the flagship of my practice is the laying on of hands, which is an ancient form of healing where I go into a a prayer meditative state and then I lay hands on the body and the body and the energy of the body tell me where you know where in the body mm-hmm. it needs the mm-hmm. support where we're stuck where we're dissociated uh, where we're holding on to suppressed trauma or experiences that might be limiting our capacity to show up as our authentic self and so that's the main thing and then the other part is the Lucia light Mm-hmm. which is a hypnagogic lamp that modulates brain waves and promotes uh, appropriate vagal tone and appropriate parasympathetic activity, which is like the rest digest mode in the nervous system. And so some of my clients use that, not all, and only over 18 use the light. Uh, don't use it with children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, about four years ago, I joined the Psychedelic Medical Association and started to inform myself and stay on top of evidence-based practice so that I could help answer questions for people who were self-treating with psychedelics, uh, that I could answer their questions that, that their normal doctor or you know other practitioners wouldn't mm-hmm. go there or wouldn't answer. So I stay on top of evidence-based practice so that I can help with safety and harm reduction in the mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean by safety and harm reduction and, and how, what, what kind of role do you see that playing in, in the, the months and years to come as we figure out how to uh, put this, this law to use for the people? Right. So the Natural Medicine uh, Act or Proposition 122, it created sort of two possibilities. One is the DORA license, which is the Department of Regulatory Agency licensed facilities where you would go and pay and it's a clinical setting. And then um, you're having some type of macrodose is the model that they've been doing, a macrodose of a psychedelic in a clinical setting mm-hmm. with usually they've been uh, focused on psychologists, social workers, things like that. The other part of the law luckily that Colorado did that Oregon didn't leave space for was a community healing model. And so the community model is given space because they made it legal to grow, possess, consume, and gift um, mushrooms as well as some other psychedelic substances Mm -hmm. um, to each other legally. Within the Colorado law. Within the Colorado law. So it created space for that. And so it's sort of like the Wild West, you know, right now. 
and there's a lot of different forces that are, you know, coming in and there's always predatory forces when there's money to be made, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's illegal to sell mushrooms to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at it, you can gift them legally. Um, but that's part of the safety and harm reduction is I am very concerned about consumers having true informed choice. Mm-hmm about what they're doing and how they're interacting with psychedelics. And true informed choice is sort of the next level from informed consent. In Western medicine, most of us who've interacted with Western medicine know about informed consent, which is where they're supposed to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, what the procedure is and then you sign to consent like, yes, I'm willing to take the risk and, you know, do this. And so true informed choice, I feel like, is more educational focused and giving people options. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times in Western medicine, informed consent is sort of like, this is what we're going to (laughs) do. Sign it. And true informed choice is more about the consumer choosing what path to take versus being told what path to take. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. part of regaining sovereignty, which I think is part of the psychedelic movement. And so safety, the biggest thing with safety is psychedelics are not for everyone. You know, the way that they're being portrayed in the media different things that are coming out, it almost presents itself as like a magic. This is like a magic cure, a magic fix. And quite frankly, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's a tool. It's an ancient tool. Right. It's that, not new. Mm-hmm. Western medicine trying to act like they have a new toy. And it is one that was practiced in community. Right. Right. And so that's where the main reason why I got myself involved in, um, and this goes along with the safety and harm reduction, which I don't know how much pull I'll have, but this is why all I can do is try to help educate consumers. I can't necessarily control the systems Mm -hmm. that develop. But when I read one of the first studies that came out about microdosing with mushrooms, it was two medical doctors, one patient in a room, you know, enclosed, no access to outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They give them this macro dose. They haven't microdosed or done, you know, the, the preparation and integration is talk therapy in the co- current model, not mm-hmm. somatic or mm-hmm. smaller doses, you know, titrating up. That's, that's not part of the conversation so far in research. And when I read the study, I was horrified because having experienced using psychedelics for my own personal healing in my personal life, mm-hmm. I said, that sounds terrible. Having two medical doctors staring at you, (laughs) putting you in a blindfold, making you lay down. Uh And if you want to get up, they tell you to lay back down and put your blindfold back on. (laughs) And so it's like six hours of sensory deprivation. And I was like, this is this could be very traumatizing. Like, I don't feel safe about this. And Mm -hmm. that's why I chose to get involved, because I was like, no, Mm If you're in this neuroplastic, neural exuberant state to rewire your brain, mm-hmm. being in nature is a big deal and yeah. connecting with the earth. Right. Being able to move your body and repattern and rewire your brain mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for the way your posture holds, your muscle tone. Right. You know, so that's where my neuro rehab background is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. This is a huge missed opportunity if right. we're just making people lay down and stay blindfolded. Right. Right. And that practice is from the psychoanalytic model. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's what's best for psychedelic. And that's where, you know, and that that's where the community healing model is great. And and to clarify, I really appreciate you mentioning the ceremonies that I um, have held. I think I've held eight or nine over mm-hmm. the past, like, two years. And I should let people know I started I, or I was moved to start these ceremonies to show people what we could do without psychedelics. You know, these weren't macro dosing mm-hmm. ceremonies. This wasn't plant medicine ceremonies. These were 
intentional ritual ceremonies to show you the power of your own consciousness through community, through collective consciousness, through movement and Mm -hmm. breath work Mm -hmm. and visualization to give people tools to have some agency Mm -hmm. and capacity because the whole thing is like looking outside of yourself for the answers Mm -hmm. puts you sort of in a victim mentality. And I'm here to remind everybody like you're sovereign, Mm -hmm. you know, your truth. Mm -hmm. We just have to get your nervous system organized so we can actually have you be you instead of your trauma responses, you know, defining how you're showing up in the community. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks. So, so that's where I, I say, you know, it's a tool and for the safety and harm reduction, I want people to understand how psychedelics work, you know, neurologically and in the body. So they understand the mechanisms, you know, and then to look at the benefits of microdosing. And and there's a lot of, you know, the studies haven't really been looking at microdosing much, but I feel like there's so much safety and capacity for change Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. within intentional microdosing and behavioral programs. Yeah. So why don't we get into that? Like, how does it work? What, what is neuroplasticity and how does the healing modalities that you're talking about, um, help us access, um, new ways of rewiring our nervous system. For sure. So neuroplasticity is the concept that the brain can create new connections and new pathways. And this is true our entire life. Neuroplasticity never goes away. So until the day we die, there's potential for change and for rewiring. And the placebo effect in Western medicine, which is taking like a sugar pill or a non-intervention. The placebo effect for things like depression, anxiety, gut issues, um, pain, the placebo effect is as effective, like on par with pharmaceutical medicines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that shows me the power of ritual. Like when we do something Mm -hmm. that's consistent and repetitious and we believe in it, that that can change our neuro and biochemistry and how we're wired. And so a lot of neuroplasticity comes from consistency and repetition because that's how you rewire. That's how you create new tracks mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. through. And, and research, neuroscience research has shown that it can take something like a thousand repetitions of something before you create new wiring unless you're in a playful or flow state, uh, in which case it takes mm-hmm. maybe like 100 to 200 times. Mm-hmm. Wow. So each time we do a repetition, we're sort of um, laying down um, uh, myelin sheath and um, dendrite connections, like dendrite the dendrite connections, yeah. <laughs> hardwiring, making it more like speed dial to do mm-hmm. that thing. And so you're saying that we can overcome the sort of ruts that we've established through our ways of dealing with trauma that maybe weren't so productive, um, which are hard to get out of, but we can get out of them more quickly and replace them with other patterns of connecting when we're in a flow state or a play state. Mm -hmm. And so um, what do you do um, in the way that you facilitate ceremony uh, to really kind of bring that out? So you cannot rewire or heal when you're in a fight or flight mode. And a lot of people, it's called the prolonged stress response. It's where you're not in the full expression of fight or flight, but you're in a mild expression of fight or flight. And neuroscience has shown us that when you live in that state, like, because fight or flight is supposed to, like, save our life. 
you know, from Mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. But because of neuroception, which is our nervous system constantly taking in information to protect us or to see if there's danger, it can't mitigate like the difference between a lion maybe attacking us and traffic or a deadline at work or stressful day. Mm -hmm. You know, it Mm -hmm. just interprets there's danger. Or an imaginary lion. Or an imaginary lion. Yeah, (laughs) who knows what. And so the ceremonies that I held were all based in ancient wisdom, you know, uniting ancient wisdom and modern science to bring people into a state of resonance within their own nervous system so that we dampen that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. We allow for the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest to come on, which boosts immune function, which allows our prefrontal cortex to function, which is in the front of our brain. And that does all of our what's called executive functions like empathy, spirituality, problem solving, you know, reasoning. Um, And so that's my whole thing is you have to get the nervous system organized first to then create new pathways, heal, move subconscious energy. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of step one is get into a well-regulated nervous system. And that, that comes through shepherding your own consciousness, your habits. And that's why I came up with the concept of current ritual, Mm because it's like, what's your current ritual? Mm -hmm. You don't need to be in ceremony Mm -hmm. to harness the power of ritual. You can do it while you're brushing your teeth. You can do it while you're showering. You can do it while you're preparing a meal. Like we can turn any task into a ritual if our attention Mm -hmm. and intention Mm -hmm. are present. Yeah. And you... um Notice you you start your ceremonies or you know, all the ones that I've been to with with some really powerful breath work. Um, so it, it occurs to me that um, we can we can really access that at any point as long as we can slow down, breathe deeply, collect ourselves, and get out of that um, HPA axis being super hyper activated. Just chill out. Right. And becoming present, you know, that's that being mm-hmm. on autopilot mm-hmm. is sort of like robbing you of your time yes. and your experience here. That's it. That's it. And, you know, that's a fundamental sustainability problem because when we talk about saving the humans, we are talking about a completely different order of society than the one that we have now. The one that we have now was designed for destruction. Right. It was designed for exploitation, colonialism, taking, stealing, enslaving. And so getting out of all of that is going to take a monumental rewirement. Oh, yeah. of all, And, and that's where, that's, that's the role. That's why I'm educating myself and choosing to step forward as a community leader, uh, for the use of psychedelics, the intentional use, because that's a huge commonality that we're seeing in research and anecdotal sharing is Mm -hmm. that psychedelics make people more compassionate to themselves, to each other, and to the planet. So Mm. there's something about these transcendent experiences that all of a sudden the ego, you know, people talk about ego disillusion, things like that, but it really needs, needs to be ego integration. Like our ego is here. For me, our ego is like how we show up in public, mm-hmm. the energy we bring to our community in the public sphere. But these transcendent experiences, I believe, connect you to the web that we're all part of and give you this sense of, wow, I'm connected. I'm part of everything and everything is part of me. 
And I think that that experience, that transcendent connected experience is what then opens the door for greater compassion Mm. and awareness Mm -hmm. of the choices we're making and the systems we're participating in and, and what the impact is of those. Transcending that illusion of separation. Yes, that's the big thing. That's what I have written on like the whiteboard in my office, like the wisdom whiteboard is may we overcome the illusion of separation Mm. and have compassion Mm -hmm. for those who cause harm, including ourselves. Yeah. Well, uh, now is the time when we make sure we ask all of our guests about uh, what does sustainability mean to you and how does your work kind of connect with that idea? Okay, so... My big vision to support sustainability is to partner regenerative agriculture, tiny home living, and sort of the new mental health care system um, into an agro-tourism experience where to help support regenerative agriculture, we are channeling money that people are paying for ceremony or therapy or services um, by participating in activities on the farm because that's you know my background as an OT and the and the more that research comes out interacting with the earth being involved in harvesting food cooking food eating food in this intentional way is incredibly healing on like all levels and so food is a big deal as far as sustainability Mm -hmm. and for mental health like when you look at the effects of a chemical agriculture diet and what it does to your gut biome and what it does to Mm -hmm. your brain that's not sustainable You know, the chemical agriculture is not sustainable and our bodies and behavior show the effects of it. So Mm. so reminding people of, you know, they should vote and that's part of being part of society in the future. But really your buying power, you know, how you spend your money, where you're channeling your resources, Mm -hmm. I believe is is how we change systems. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have to like starve the system that we want to go away Mm -hmm. and feed Mm -hmm. the system that you want to be here. So as much as people, you know, money is evil, money is a representation of, of, of power, you know. And, yeah. And, and where, what do we value? And, and value. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this it's the symbol of value. Mm-hmm. And so I really let people know how you spend your money is, is huge. That's probably the biggest impact you have on mm-hmm. the on the future structure of society. So how about we start investing in our own healing? That's I'm I'm into that. <laughs> I'm yeah. into that. And that's why, you know, on my um, website, when I have like the description of the service and at the bottom, I say investment, you know, next to the sliding scale, mm-hmm. because language and words are really powerful. And so uh, that's I want my clients to feel like they're making an investment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a, a cost. Right. This is you're not this isn't my cost mm-hmm. of service. Mm-hmm. This is your investment in yourself. Yeah. And this is the exchange that you and I make energetically. Yeah. You know, I give this service uh-huh. and then I get money, which yeah. is the symbol so I can pay my bills yeah. and, and maintain living here. So so thinking about how you invest in yourself, mm-hmm. how you shepherd your consciousness, how you spend your time, um, that's a big deal because we can't just be doing ayahuasca ceremonies all mm-hmm. the time. Like yeah. that's not sustainable either. Yeah, well, that, that's why um, it's 
It's so great to share the resource of your website, currentritual.com. I was really glad to become a subscriber myself. You have a lot of really useful videos and exercises that people can do on their own up there. Um, But you also um, can book appointments with Kat at at, at this website. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about what's next? Like how how can people engage with the healing process? Okay, so... I am starting a um, monthly support group and it's because, you know, private sessions with me are more of a monetary investment. So I've wanted a lower price point or even free way, you know, to engage with the community to help more people and spread this. So January 18th uh, at the Carbondale Library, uh, 6 p.m. is going to be our first gathering and it's a mindfulness and integration support group. If oh, people great. are self-treating mm-hmm. or interest or, or haven't, you know, dealt with psychedelics, this is really for anyone. Anyone who ha- is comfortable with psychedelics and has that part of their, you know, spiritual or self-care practice, all the way to someone who's just curious, mm-hmm. all are welcome. We're gonna; those groups are gonna be free to attend. But if you want to donate ten to thirty dollars, you know I will accept that um, for my time and then some of the resources that I'll provide yeah. at those meetings. And the point is to give people tools for mindfulness practice that they can integrate immediately and, and translate that to their daily uh, routines and rituals. We're also going to have opportunities for question and answer, so people can get some education and have their questions answered. And then I also want to use it to look at what are the community needs? Like, what do people want from me? What does this community healing model look like? What are the needs? So I'm, I want to open that up that people can say, hey, this would be helpful or this would be helpful. And, and so I want to be responsive to the needs of the community. So anyone who's interested in creating this community healing model, whether you want to participate with psychedelics or not, you are most welcome you know, to be there, to be part of the conversation to help guide this. You know, I'm sort of like taking a role um, to organize us, but I'm, you know, I want the community to help guide this process and be responsive, you know, to that. Well, well, thank you for your leadership and your service for the benefit of us all. We really appreciate it. I don't think I can help it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm just like compelled to do what I do every day. Um, And then beyond that, if people want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Current Ritual on Instagram or Facebook. If you want to email me, it's kat, K-A-T, at currentritual.com. So I'm pretty easy. And if you Google Current Ritual, my schedule will pop up to schedule an appointment. So I'm, I'm relatively easy to find these days. Awesome. I used to not be. I used to have nothing, like only word of mouth, but I'm creeping out to uh, become more accessible these days. Right on. Well, um, thanks for joining us today. And we hope uh, uh, to see you all out there at Cat Hardy's upcoming rituals. Thanks, baby. I can clean up the earth. Lord, with my own two hands, and I can reach out to you. Oh, with my own two hands.